the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It is spring here in the wonderful area we refer to as the Twin Cities. Uh, lots of sun out here. Lots of great things happening as weather-wise. You know, we Minnesotans don't get a lot of good weather in spring, but we're going to enjoy this one, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Eric and Bridget, but we also have a very special guest who was able to witness the magical moves of a Peruvian player to be able to, you know, bring home for the first time uh, Congo Cup Champions League to, to Seattle. And, and, and also... One of our patrons. So, Rob, how are you doing? Let us know. How's the weather over there? What's up? It's good. It's There's a little bit of breaking rain right now. So, uh, sun's out. Fun's out. <laughs> nice. I, I was thinking about this. Um, if we flipped your name and and Latinized your first name a little bit, and we called you Peterson Roberto, we could build an entire narrative of a Brazilian defender who starts in the second division and comes close to being relegated, but eventually gets promoted and then gets bought and goes to Flamengo. And then from, from Flamengo goes to Real Madrid, from Real Madrid to like Liverpool or whatever it is. And eventually makes it to the Celeste on the national team. I mean, Peterson Roberto has got to be like your new alias and just build that in about he plays for the Brazilian national team. That's, that's, like that's that. genius. Petrosson Roberto. That's the name of the episode, guys. Because that's what they do, right? They, they take an <laughs> English last name as the first right. name. Right. You look at Chile, right? I mean, you look at Chile. Who is it? Uh, uh, what's the forward from, from who's got English roots? Uh, uh, or like what? His, the only thing I know about it is because that family uh, in Chile bought like a, like a, like a company that makes toilets. And oh, so, yes. That's right. Uh, Damn, I remember yeah. that story. Right. And so then I always make fun of like the local group in Concepcion because they have a local group. And I always I always ask them if, you know, the, if if the supporters groups called La Cagada. And then <laughs> uh, and like Corey told me that he told that that joke, that dad joke to to his family. And they all really laughed about it. I was like, oh, great. That's humor still transfers in Spanish. So that's great. But yeah, I, I, I forget his name. I'm going to look it up. You guys you guys continue to talk about yourself. Well, let's let's just talk. Let's take it from here because this is a pretty historic thing. And Rob, you got to be there. So there was on Wednesday, um, Champions League coming back to to Seattle, um, hosting Pumas. And uh, I don't know where do you want to start. Do you want to talk a little bit about the match or just the experience? I mean, the fact that uh, Seattle kind of it, it took a little while for him to get moving. Um, Rudy Diaz gets that first one towards the end of the first half. But then from there, you know, they, they kind of lock it down. And uh, what, what did Pumas look like? Because it seemed like they, they kind of had some things going a little bit like in the first half. And then they just did they just run out of gas or take it away? Yeah, a, a little early. I mean, so first, I mean, I, I've never been to a match with like this kind of hype around it. Um, it was incredible. The crowd was just phenomenal. I, you know, I'm not sure I've ever been to a, 
sporting event of like any sport with, you know, almost 69,000 people. Um, and that is apparently, that's a Champions League, Home Cup Champions League attendance record, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And they're absolutely hyped. And then there was Pumas fans where we were in the upper deck. We were in the nosebleeds, but still great view. Like the Pumas fans, the supporter section was like across from us. And then there was lots of Pumas fans all around. Actually, the people that we ended up sitting next to. Um, so old Mexican couple that like their kids are Pumas fans, but they're Sounders fans, uh, which I thought was kind of backwards and funny. But anytime that the, the Pumas fans the supporter group would like start chanting and get super loud. And then the Sounders, the whole stadium would just like drown them out. And it was just, it was, it was wild. um, As far as the match, like, yeah, Puma, they had like a couple good early chances. Um, Fry made like a pretty good point blank save, I think in like the 20th minute or something. And that kind of set the stage, I feel. Um, And then, yeah, Rui Diaz got the one at the end of the half that was, kind of lucky i mean it was it was a a little bit of like a mess in the box and then it took a deflection i mean it was on goal but then took a deflection so the keeper never stood a chance well it it was going to go in regardless because it hit someone else's hands so it's either going to go in as a goal or it was going to be a pk either one of the two so seemed to remember being very slow too it was like a very slow motion kind of right yeah yeah the ball went out like right below us and so just i mean you know it 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 was like at first, it was like, oh, they, they like wasted this opportunity, and then it just kept going. Losing, um, you know, jump, I'm jumping around, but uh, you know, they lost Nuhu and uh, Jao Paulo like right early, like to make two injury yeah. substitutions, one of them for a 16 year old. Like, that's incredible. Who, who, I mean, you know, from I, I don't know, I wasn't necessarily paying super close attention to him, but from what everybody was saying, that like, you know, he has all this talent but like you know he's this young kid and to be put on the stage like this was for him to perform the way he did to not like embarrass himself was pretty incredible no kidding um, and that's uh vargas right yeah yeah obe obe vargas, Ed vargas. Name. yeah and then, yeah watch out for that guy you know it just to just to like continue on like how you know i mean the sounders and their their youth they the the um this uh under 17 uh, team, they just won uh, the generation Adidas against Tigres. Um, and so they like were on the field during halftime celebrating, uh, you know, and it's just, I mean, just goes to say, if you build a, <laughs> you build a, an academy system, you can, you can really do some shit. And then that really translates. Um, yeah. And then they just dominated the second half. It really didn't. I mean, even though they were only up one, one nil for, you know, until kind of late, um, it never really felt like Pumas was was in it in any real way. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think I think overall, like Pumas wanted to get a, a head start and they wanted to take advantage of what um, they did in the first was to because they used their fullbacks along to be able to cross the ball extremely early to be able to get that ball to that forward. And in that first match. Right. That's what that's what they 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 banked it on. Right. And that's what, how they got their early goals was to be able to. And I think Schmetzer was able to realize that that's what he's going to do. And he was trying to plug up the midfield a little bit more. Right. And trying to be uh, be able to to take advantage of that. And they, and that didn't really come too much as, as play like Pumas had their chances. 
but there weren't but then you also had uh you know you you had new who go out right so ariaga had to step in and did big i thought right because he was the one that got the ball and then tactically laid it off to ruidias who then shot the ball went out someone's hand and what's the what's the pumas keeper is it valentino or valentine i forget his name but i remember how him and nico were talking so much trash the previous game doing the pk's I was just hoping, you know, to to hear more of that. But then, that was that was it. I mean, I think I think uh, I think also, you know, you had uh, Ye- Yemar stepped up as well too. I think the Roldan brothers were just, you know, they were super solid. And and last game, they 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 figured out how to be able to push the ball forward specifically through them. And I think having a really healthy Nico and hungry Nico. Gosh, I don't care how old that guy is. Like, yeah, let's yeah. just let's you know. let's talk a little bit. I was bouncing off of that, so he gets the final goal. But I want to really zoom in on that second goal, uh, the second with Diaz. What a spectacular goal! And Lodero is is a key point in that as well. But just watching the build up to that, Rob, do you want to do you want to talk about it? Because like, because that that was one of those that I think it was Nico that could have taken it right, but was super unselfish. Yeah. And at the last second, he's just like, you know what? Give it to my boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, it was just this breakaway attack that, like, I mean, everybody was, you know, it just, you could just feel it coming. And that first pass over to uh, Lodero and, you know, yeah, I mean, I thought that he was just going to take it. Uh, he was in a good position to take it. But then just, oh, Rui Diaz is, like, all alone right over there. And that nice little layoff. And, I mean, it was, it, it was a thing of beauty. Um Really, really, really glad that I mean I am not a Sounders fan. I made that clear to numerous <laughs> people. I was sitting there. We are. Uh, but I was really, I'm really glad that I that I went and that I got to go. And um, you witnessed history, it, right? You did. Yeah. You did. Oh, absolutely. It's history, right? You, you, I mean, you can you can win 13 of these, right? But being the first time first. and being the first one is the one yep. that matters, right? And first I think that's, in this that's version. A big deal. 22 I think, years. I can't believe it's been 22 years because yeah. that was that was way old mls days right <laughs> that was NA, nasl days i think right no it would have been early earlier than was... that probably right because the sound no no because no, like... it was d dc united i think it was the one the one when they played um vasco da gama but they but it was something oh, else that's right. yeah it was it was, something it was, else a, it was yeah, yeah it was, it was a different tournament. it was a different setup but right same but idea back to that play it i think it starts with ariaga who gets the ball out to roldan then roldan dribbles it up the line because they're on a counter and very smartly, smartly, very smart uh, of him to wait and hook the the midfield to either have them either commit to him or just give him enough time so he can give Jordan space to run in space that he needed. And he threw that through ball there. Jordan Jordan Morris was able to kick it back to Nicolo Dero. And at that point, uh, Rudy has, was way out of position, so he stopped. And he kind of just took two steps back and just waited. And I think because of that, Nico's first touch was beautiful and like the weight of the ball. And then just that second goal was like, it's what you see YouTube videos or IG short Instagram short clips of every time at all the soccer websites were like, oh, look at this, how it went. Do, 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 do. That's how you mm-hmm. score. And you're like, that's, yep. that's exactly uh, how it went. With, with some lo fi hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't get on the score sheet anywhere, but I, 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 I'd be remiss to not mention Jordan Morris, like, Sprinting down the wings was 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 uh was pretty like 
you know, for not getting on the score sheet about as dominant as you could be without being yeah. on the score sheet. I think, I think, you know, I've always been a Jordan Morris fan and I, and the thing, and I just love watching him run because he has that awkward boxy guy around. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, it's like you're watching one of those, you know, animated superhero guys and they're just they're watching Superman kind of run. He, but he has so much pick up, so much speed to be able to do Lego. And it's just him and him and Shakiri in a race. Let's make that that's happen. Right. Yeah. That'd be yes. great. <laughs> like totally they're, do that. they're just so not built for it, but the work yeah. rate is just MLS. Incredible. We, we want this at the All Star game just so yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. MLS. We, we want a Shakiri versus Jordan Morris race, middle Allianz field. Uh, and then they have to dive into like a slip and slide and then uh, into maybe, the goal. There maybe that go. can be like the fifth skills challenge that's right feature just yeah. the two of them yeah. <laughs> uh so there it is three nil five two aggregate history made uh talk a little bit about the party rob because everybody was probably going bananas i'm guessing for a very very long time <laughs> oh yeah i mean well so yeah it was it was hyped as hell during the match uh i i i'm an old man now so i one of the reasons why i was really looking for and wanting them to win is that I wanted to be able to get out of the stadium while everybody else is still in there <laughs> watching the celebration. Like so you get to our car and I brought my brother-in-law who's not like a big, he's not a big sports guy. He's not a big soccer fan, but um, I had gotten an extra ticket and I was like, Hey, you know, let's go. And he, he fucking loved it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody that we it like just going nuts. Uh, it was, it was, um, it was quite the celebration. Um, to put it mildly. Very awesome. cool. Very cool. So now what, what's what's really fun for us, especially on this show, and I mean, everybody is we we love, although it moves very quickly. And there's some questions as to what the format of the next Club World Cup is even going to look like. But it's, it's super cool now to think that Seattle's going to be in there and potentially play, you know, one of the Colmebol teams. It could be like another... Well, the way Palmeiras is rolling right now in Libertadores, it could be them again as a repeat, or it could be a Flamengo or whoever, and then potentially <laughs> either Liverpool or Real Madrid, where things are right now at UEFA. So, I mean, that in, in terms of the uh, the global eyes on on an MLS team, it's that's huge, absolutely huge. Right, I think it is, and it's also something to be like want to see excited but also happy because like you and you and i eric was particularly me i was like so hyped when we had the 94 world cup and then we had to start of mls like i was because i was so hungry for soccer mm-hmm. that's what i that's all i knew and to be able to i don't know say invest all these years before uh we're able to to say something it it, it was meaningful i thought yes and, like i you know Rui diaz is a is a is got the stars of La U. I don't like La U Universitario, but the fact that it was a Peruvian player that was able to deliver and live up to the hype, right? Because he was the he was hyped up in Mexico. He won um, Golden Boot races, and then come here and just be um, be able to be effective. And I, I think that's one of the things too is just this this core of of players. They're dedicated so much to each other, especially that attacking four. And you just wait till Rusnak decides to, to like fit himself into it. And dear lord, I mean, Rusnak had a had a couple of really good plays too. I mean, I think he 
And I think Rusnak is the, is the person that gives uh, Ariaga the ball before he gives it out to Rui Diaz to be able to do that. So I think it's, even with uh, Joe Paulo Hurt, I think Rusnak is a, has the opportunity now to even step in and to become a bigger bigger role player. And I think that's that's great. I think also uh, Stephen Fry was, was bonkers. Had like a bunch of amazing saves, like that I don't even know, like, how he how he's done that you know exactly after you know having that the best the best game uh away you know i think to be able to do it at home i think it was great deserves to be in the discussion of whatever it is for call-ups of whichever mm. national team he wants to be affiliated with i mean yeah that, um, that gets complicated right because you've got two keepers in front of him that aren't starters and he's doing this thing as a starter so i mean what do you do with that? <laughs> that's, I don't that's know. I, like, tricky. No, 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 honestly, if we get into it, if we try to, I just, I just think Stefan needs some, some, some time to just rethink this stuff through. So it's tricky. Well, well speaking of national team, we talked about this before we started recording, but can you briefly address um, this question that, that I put to you, but I'm sure I'm not the only one as to, you know, Rudy Diaz does such, such great stuff for Seattle. Um, and yet he hasn't been called up for a while now for the Peruvian national team. And you've got a huge playoff coming in about a month now. Um, and it's who knows more than likely won't be called up. So maybe you can talk, maybe you can address that as to why it doesn't click with the uh, Selección. I think, you know, it's, it's one of the things that Gareca is, do, do I think he deserves to be called up? I do. Right. Um, do I, do I think he will? Probably, right? Because there isn't uh, Peru right now is lacking attacking forwards, right? Gianluca Lapadula and then some local cl- local players that are that are sort of you know becoming becoming stepping into their own. Um, Guerrero is not available or fit for that matter. Uh, who knows if Farfan will ever play again there through the injuries? And so there's a window, right? And he's been called up before, and and just the system that he's been played in is it's not as effective for him, right? It doesn't use his skill of building up so much, right? Peru relies more of a of a sit top striker that 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 um that can go ahead and and one v one someone or be in the right spot or play it back to someone and run to the right spot and get the service that they need. Rui Diaz is the person that likes to collaborate, and that's why he works so well with with Seattle with the Nicolo Dero, with the Jordan Morris. And you can just, you know, they can they can find him because he likes to create space. And I think that's what lacks in, in the Peruvian national team right now. Like, uh, can Cueva find him? Maybe, right? He should be able to, right? But is that what the system is, is asking him to do? No, not really. And, you know, he's as tall as I am. He's 5'7". So, you know, it's like um, playing against Uruguayans and, um, you know, it's Argentinians and being that height also has some disadvantage. But, you know, if you look at his... That is, you know, he's, he's he's got the stats to prove that he can do something. Just be able to find them. Um, That's what I keep thinking too. Like even if he was like a super sub, you know, bring him off the bench in like the 60th or something like that. Right, and I think you know, I think that's 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 plausible. Uh, but you know, the his record, right? It's it's not doesn't show well, and that's always the 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 thing about Rui Diaz, at least the the lore about him in the national team call ups. He does great club level, whatever club level he goes to. As soon as he steps into the national team, he just kind of fades into the background and it's not as effective as you would expect that he'd be. Does Sounds he like the uh, the messy complex. 
Not so much. Well, you know, his nickname is Little Messy. So. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, there you go. Um, anything else to add in there, Rob, in, in terms of uh, being able to experience it there in person? No, I think uh, I think I covered it pretty much. Pretty cool, man. Well, we, we yeah. appreciate you uh, being able to give it, give us that perspective. So thank you for that. I and and, and, what, and what a cool experience. I mean, you're going to take that forever. You're going to just carry that with you. So it's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. Um, makes, uh, makes great conversation over at the chicken coop, right? You'd be like, you talk to the chickens <laughs> and be like, and then. They are not nearly as interested <laughs> in this shit as they should be. Uh, okay. boy. That's that's shameful, Rob. That's shameful, Rob. You as a person who loves soccer needs to really. I, ra- you know, I raised them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go back a little bit in time. Um, let's just hit this one briefly since we didn't get to cover it last week. Um, Minnesota went to L.A. It was a, from what I understand, it was way past my bedtime, but an interesting match. Um, with I mean, the cool thing was Bongi got a start, so okay awesome we had the dual hunter in midfield that we kind of predicted bridget so that did happen um they hold la to a nil to nil nil at halftime um and then things kind of fall apart in the second half late but uh any any couple points that you all want to talk about maybe in that first half uh who's who wants to go first <laughs> Um, okay, I guess I'll jump in, and then you guys can jump after. Um, I, w- I, I was happy that we were trying new things because sometimes it doesn't. I does Bongi deserve to start? I think, I think he he had the opportunity here specifically because the LAFC that we now have in front of us is the LAFC of probably two years ago, right? Having um, it's very effective to create offense loves to press and counter press. And I think he's had the technical idea that if I'm pressing them, it will slow down the transition aspect of where the ball goes. And he was correct in that sense that it was doing that first half proved that both teams had opportunity was mostly on the counter, but I just, you just can only hold that so much. And I think around the 60th minute, um, you started to see where LAFC figured out which side to attack. Well, they, they figured it out early because it was Dunlady's side. Um, I think Palacios was key as to um, to the fullback aspect of it. I think Sanchez had Reynoso in his pocket and was just able to create things. I mean, this is this was a bad game for Carlos Vela, and it didn't even matter. Like. There's other players around Vela that make this team a lot better than yeah. where he was. So that that's a very good point. Worth mentioning that Vela is actually subbed out <laughs> before these goals even happen. <laughs> in the in eight two goals in eight minutes starting in the eighty second. Uh, Bridget, you want to say something? Yeah, I mean we we talked about that a little bit last week. That midfield is insane for LA, and it doesn't really matter who they have up top. Uh, they can make it happen and find a way through. Um, it was past my bedtime as well, uh, and I still haven't gone back and rewatched the, the entire thing. Um, but I, th- I mean, I think it speaks to again what we also talked about last week. You know, the the merits of Bongi as a super sub rather than a starter, and we see that here with the you can keep that high press going for a certain amount of time. 
uh, and then it all falls apart. And this is the first time United's been on the losing end of that battle. Uh, it's been working for them in the last, you know, 20, 30 minutes uh, to go the other way. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that Bongi's going to keep us a starting spot and that this uh this formation or or this well the four two three one will stay but this um these tactics probably aren't going to be carried over too much um right i mean heath did have some good things to say about you know matching the game plan and and, and kind of thinking ahead on on the game uh and to not give up a goal and until you know the 82nd minute is is a pretty solid performance so yeah. so even with all those changes i mean first game without um without dotson and and you don't have trap and there's you know just all these factors going into it and then to hold la of all teams zero zero for 80 plus it's still pretty solid and you know you you can't take that away from Right uh, from the defense because they they certainly had to put in the effort, but right. um, and and I applaud the the attempt and I think that's that's what you wanted to see if you could contain something like that and I think that's what you saw is 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 what you get I think when you have two quick um, minded players who hustle right specifically into the attack and dribble at defenders things just get more difficult and chaotic for the defenders and the center backs and that's exactly what you kind of want want to try and, and but the problem that we have currently is that we don't have the right midfield personnel to be able to contain a counterattack in that sense right we know Dunlady does not play defense well and that's saying it kindly right um and so palacio's understood that if he was able to push the ball up, then Lottie would only go so far. And then, and then you have our left backs, a uh, right back or, or left, jeez, uh, you have our defenders trying to figure out who are they going to try to contain to. And perhaps if we had a Will Trap and an Ariaga uh, combination, Will Trap would be the one that sits more and, and helps out and Ariaga can take up that space that then Lottie needs help with. But with Joseph Rosales, I felt that at the beginning, he had good chances, um, and he was the one that was collecting the ball from our center backs and distributing it, right? And Ariago was trying to push the ball forward. Towards the the second half, it was it was the opposite. It was um, it was Ariago that was collecting the ball and trying to make those passes. And I think just the the counter pressing and the physicality of the game was a new thing for a young Rosales that he had to get used to, and he kind of just uh, you know kind of just faded into whatever else was going on. It wasn't as effective as he could have been. And I think that's a learning lesson for him. I also think for 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 uh, soccer is about, you know, risks in a sense. And I think if United decides to do this, it's because they're trying to score a goal within the first half. Because if you can do that, then you, have, then you open up the game for the other team because they have to try to score. And so you can sit back more and you can do all the other different things and go on the counter. But the substitutions after Bongi and Dunlady came out went like for like substitutions. Like those two players that came in, uh, Fragapane and Amarilla, need service. And there was nobody that was going to get them service with Sanchez just literally just shadowing uh, Reynoso everywhere around. 
it was just no way that someone was going to get them service. And I think that's that's what happened. I mean, like if he would have had, I don't know, McMaster's maybe come in on one side for Dunlady and keep Bongi on, it could have been different, probably. But that's other things that they need to they need to address down the line, right? That's why you have a, a, do, a Dos Loons group that's that's playing and getting consistent playing time. Um, and, and hopefully we'll be able to see how that works out. Well, speaking of the service, man, that, that second, to admit, just burning through, I think it was Fisher, wasn't it? And then, like, there's back heels and nutmegs and just, I mean, it looked, it was straight Jogo Bonito stuff to, to get Cifuentes, like, basically unmarked top of the key. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a pretty goal. <laughs> I always like it when defensive players score, so Cifuentes, you know. Wait, it was a pretty goal. It sucked. It was against, and that was that. But, but yeah, we, I have we to had admit, expectations, pretty... right? I mean, like we we knew that we were either gonna like lose three nothing, or hold a zero zero tie, right? Yeah, yeah. We, it was all over. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That's true. Well, they've got uh, Cincinnati tonight here in uh, in St. Paul. It should be absolutely gorgeous the way the weather is. So I'm looking forward to that. If if my allergies don't keep me from biking it's been it's been a rough allergy week for Bridget and I we're, we're not doing well, great well at least it won't be the weather that keeps you from no biking. no it won't it won't just like taking a fork to my eyes is kind of way that feels right now <laughs> um how, how do you guys feel about uh about Cincinnati I mean th- this is a very different Cincinnati team this year compared to like the last couple of years um you know you, you I think we probably say we still feel confident but having said that you know Things can happen. What do you think, Bridget? How's it going to go down? I mean, it it's going to be a fairly even matchup. I think um, it might look a little bit more like uh, kind of like how the Chicago game went to to start out with. Uh, kind of evenly matched. They play a pretty similar style. Um, I haven't been able to watch too many of their games this season, but. Uh, I mean, they they have an, an attacking presence. They've got a pretty pretty solid defense, um, sitting sixth in the East. Uh, well, tied for fifth actually with New York City. So, Dang, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, a, it's higher than I thought. Yeah, it's it's a completely different team than we saw last year and uh, and the year before. And mm-hmm. um, and we went into this with the Western Conference a little bit last week, but. Uh, if you look at the table this year, it's, you know, almost flipped from, from last year. Uh, yep. Not, not as like startling as the Western conference is. Um, but there's been quite a bit of movement there and, and they're coming into their own. So uh, we're catching them on a, on a good run. Um, but I think uh, loons have a good chance. I mean, coming off of a, off of a loss in LA, uh, I think they'll be they'll be ready to go, ready to uh, kind of tear through them and and hopefully score a few goals. Uh, I think it is going to be another one of those kind of midfield uh, midfield battles, which I think every game for the Loons right now kind of it turns it turns into that just um, just because of how the midfield is at this moment, but. Um, I, I think it'll be fun and I'm looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. So yeah. Rob or Rodrigo, anything to add? Go ahead, Rob. Uh, oh, I was, I mean, you know, I feel, I feel sort of bad for the Cincinnati fans. They're not going to win their, their, uh, they're, they're not going to win their annual trophy 
of the wooden spoon. Um, they actually turned around. I'm look. I'm just looking at their. They're they're probably quite happy about that. Actually, <laughs> I mean, uh, the the handful of Cincinnati fans that I've gotten to know through ISC stuff when I was the rep. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of you know tongue in cheek point of pride of you know being back to back winners. You know, back to back. Hardware yeah. is hardware. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you take what you can get. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean. I, you know, I concur with everything everybody said. I mean, this is one that we should win. Looking at their uh, run of form, I mean, it, they did just they beat Toronto in back-to-back regular season matches, uh, which I, which is kind of weird. Um, but other than that, I mean, they don't really have like, I don't know. They beat Miami. They beat Orlando. They they haven't really like shown up against you know the the top competition in the East. So I mean. Maybe there's a, there's a little bit of fudging in their numbers um, that they've had maybe a slightly taken advantage of some easier matches, um, but I mean we should we should beat them. This should be a, a comfortable win. Maybe not seven one or six one or what was it? I think, I think it seven, was the seven yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the it was the dreaded yeah. Brazilian Setion. <laughs> That's the nightmare score. I'm having PTSD right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean about- it's it's not like they have like a goal of the week contender every week. I mean it's they're winning, but they're not doing it in a flashy way. Right. Uh, which is which is how we're all kind of sitting here like, well, yeah. Uh but <laughs> yeah, they've uh They've definitely been on the on the good end of some right. kind of strange moments. I think they're like on a two game winning streak, right? And um, mm-hmm. the thing that really thinks for Cincinnati is different is a Brandon Vasquez the scored. He's got five goals, right? They were able to unlo- unlock him finally. You know, they were able to do the Konami code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, start, <laughs> and then like unlock the cr- craziness that happened. Well played, well played, Rodrigo. <laughs> The the, the the craziness that was playing for Atlanta, right? Uh, Atlanta United. And then they got, like, literally, the besides a uh, 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 friend of the podcast, Elisa's, Elisa's uh, uh, Luciano, you know, Luciano Acosta, right? Ucho. Um, and he's been lights out. You know, he's got four goals, two assists. And back in his DC days, he, you know, before everything, he, he's, he's a great player. And I think he's finding his way. And I think that's what scares me in a sense, um, what that can be. Right. Uh, and I think, um, I think it's, sh- I think we should win this game. Right. I mean, you think about it, right. Um, we don't have Chase Gasper anymore. He went to LA galaxy and good for him. Um, right. Uh, and um, I didn't hear about this. What now? Say that again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. you're not on Twitter anymore. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, Sometimes sorry. I, forget, I forget to do my little Eric digest yes. of, yes, uh, please. of Twitter things. Chase Gasper's LA Galaxy. Interesting. Yeah. Wait, it was like, a, it a was Gam a, Tam thing? or Yeah. And it huh. was a, a mutual thing. I think he needed a change. Um, he has friends and family out in LA that, and his... Uh, his 30-day um, leave was in Malibu, so I think he uh, he was ready for for something different, and they were able to work something out for him. There you um, go. Yeah, like 300,000 
Tam or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so. it was it was a good chunk uh, of money, and like yeah. he, he was and, he was you know and more. Um, right. With like performance metrics in the future. But, all, all I'm looking forward to is 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 when Chase unlocks Pedro in El Tráfico. That's just mm. going to be so much fun to watch, even more now. Well, just to, and now yeah. they, I mean, they play here in two weeks. Oh, interesting. Okay. So. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Um, I know you guys want to talk NWSL, so one second, I'll blow through this stuff and I'll throw it to you. I don't know if there's anything in the slate, MLS slate for today that you're interested in, but I'm, I'm, I'm zeroing in on tomorrow, actually, looking at this uh, Austin LA Galaxy, speaking of LA Galaxy match. That should be a really interesting one, number two versus number three right now, basically right next to each other and kind of in that battle still for number one. So that should be a good match. Um, anything else for, for the day today that sticks out as a, ooh, this could be an interesting game. I like, Stand I want to see the Chicago. Fun. Yeah. Okay. I want to see Chicago because they just signed back the, uh, who's a player for Orlando? I forget. Is it Chris? I forget his name. Chris he, Mueller. Yeah. Mm. So he's going back to Chicago. So that should be interesting. Um, I really want to watch the Estamos Jodidos Derby, which is Charlotte versus Maya into Miami. Just because I think Charlotte's doing a good job, but it's just that that should literally like the two worst teams should be called the Estamos Jodidos Derby. Because I, like I, I I totally see Charlotte winning this and Miami. One of the best like, sound bites in MLS history, I think. So, <laughs> we keep using yeah. that. <laughs> uh um, okay, well, besides that, we, a lot of uh, Minneapolis City stuff has already started moving. The, the second right. team, Tomorrow. the Twin Stars, well, they played today. Um, number two, the sorry, Minneapolis City 2 plays the Twin Stars today. Um, the Futures have already played. They, they won their first match. Um, I can't remember who they played, but it was a 1-0 win. And, uh, and then, yeah, tomorrow is the big one, obviously. The, the big debut in uh, USL 2 against, what do you call him, Rodrigo? Dennis the Menace? Yeah, the Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> the Des Moines Menace. It's on Mother's Day, which makes it a little tricky for Rodrigo and I, <laughs> to say the least. I got a coach, so I can't do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm coaching from like three to six, I think. So. Okay. Menace is who we lost, who they lost to in the US Open, Open Cup, Cup, right? So we'll yep, that's right. Yep. yep, exactly. Yep, and they're the uh, defending champs from, from last season for USL2, so. Yep. It should be a good one, though. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a really good fun. turnout, yeah. and I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but uh, I'll get to the next couple. All right, let me throw it back to you guys. You want to talk? I know, Rob, you have some specific thoughts on NWSL and uh, schedule fuckery and just general disrespect in the league, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, they just don't, you know, they, they, they put together this Challenge Cup tournament. You know, I mean, they did it uh, back at the beginning of the pandemic, and, like, it, it went really well, and um, so they tried to carry that forward and, uh, they just don't give a shit about it. I mean, they, you know, they've scheduled regular season matches to start before the end of the tournament. Like there's, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, so OL rain, like, you know, um, the team that I follow played against the Washington spirit, uh, OL rain went undefeated in the group stage kind of dominated everybody in the West um, and had the number one seed. And so when they scheduled the semifinal, they put it on the same day as the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League. So they couldn't, and you know, this is the first year that the rain had been back 
playing in Seattle, so they couldn't use the stadium. So instead of finding an alternate venue like locally or as the team tried to do, get them to reschedule the match a day, move it a day ahead or a day behind, whatever. Um, instead of doing that, they decided, no, nah, we'll just have you play, uh, you know, in D.C. And at first it was going to be a, a right. field. Like, so Washington Spirit, who play at Audi Field, same place as D.C. United, well, they couldn't use that because D.C. United were, were using it. So they had to... Originally, it was going to be at the, uh, a stadium in, in Northern Virginia called Segra Field that has a horrible pitch. The It's a turf field that is just awful, that is like notoriously bad, um, that has been used in the past and players have gotten injured. And I mean, it's it's awful. So, you know, it's like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you moving it, giving it, giving the home field advantage to the lower seeded team and then also putting it at a dangerous field? So there was some... Finagle, I'm not exactly sure how it worked out, but they it ended up being played at Audi Field. Um, and uh, O.O. Rain lost uh, in penalties, which was sad. I only got to watch like a, you know, 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of it. Oh. Uh, so did you see the monitor. handball then? Was that? Did you see the handball then? I did. Uh, and it was, I mean... Standing in line for beers, looking at a little screen up in the corner, I could tell, like, oh, that, oh, it's a penalty. Like, awesome. We're, we're going to get this goal right at the death. And um, Washington Spirit had been, like, a, a, like a, a, a banana peel team. Not banana peel because they're good. They won the championship last year. But every time they played them in the last couple of years, um, Spirit had just had their number. Ashley Sanchez has just, like, Torched them and Trinity Rodman, I mean, is incredible. And, right. Um, their keeper made some pretty great say. I've now since gone back and, and watched some highlights and, um, you know, their, their keeper, keeper looked like, the keeper looked like they were, they were like U17. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was watching the game and, and I, one, I agree with you on this whole like schedule thing right because for the past two years we've been you know it's all played in one spot so we get all the games all the time right and then now that things are being played away in people's home fields it just becomes harder to schedule but i didn't know that the challenge cup did not have var and so they yeah. couldn't review that and the, the handball because it was an obvious handball and you're like and because the referee couldn't see it and it was like no pk and i was like wow i was like and then you know we went through what is it, eight rounds? <laughs> uh, it actually went through ten rounds. Ten rounds, um, yeah. And it surprised. Like I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever seen. I've never seen a keeper in the in the starting in the first five take a penalty. Uh, their uh, Kingsbury is their keeper. Right. Took the third penalty and just drilled it. Like, wow. I didn't even realize that that was allowed. Like I yeah. thought you had to get through. I thought you had to get through all of your field players before you could put the keeper well technically that's that's a traditional way of doing things but no there's no rule about it if you want to put that's your a, keepers with all the all i always the players just that assumed there, so. i always assumed it was a rule because you never see it i never yeah. bothered to to look at that but no it was uh, very surprising and then so then it was i think the seventh round uh our keeper found toast joy who joyce this is her uh, first year as a starter with the team she's young new york native super good has like 
been really impressive, made a fantastic save. So, you know, right on the, the precipice. And then there, and then Kingsbury made a save, went a couple more rounds. And then Jess Fishlock, the MVP of the league last year, um, Kingsbury saved hers to win it. Now they're playing, they're actually, uh, the final is starting in like two minutes, mm. <laughs> which is another like, oh, you have the schedule of the final, you're like tournament final at 10 a.m. I mean, yeah, it's, it's on the East Coast, so it's actually kicking off at one. But I mean, it's just the league doesn't give a shit about yeah. their teams and, and, and the tournament that's, that they are putting together. It it's boggles the mind. It sucks, and it's, man. it's interesting because then they start this season celebrating uh, the new collective bargaining agreement uh, and like commemorating it at these at games. Um, they held like a whole event at the, the LA game. Right. Um, and then to have them want to play an open cup or the challenge cup game at a stadium, which was mentioned in like in the arguments towards the CBA, <laughs> like, like yeah. that, that field in DC is like one of, one of the main like examples, illustrations that, that has been put up for years about the unfairness um, between the men's and women's leagues. And it's, it's absurd. And I, uh, I mean, this tournament started because of a strange scenario where, you know, you, you had to be in one or two stadiums and keep everyone sequestered because of, because of COVID. And um, it's hard to, uh, reformat those things, obviously, to, you know, the normal, quote unquote, uh, way of a season, but uh, which is why we haven't seen something like uh, the Florida Orlando bubble for MLS yet, because it's, yeah. you just can't, you just can't set it up that way. Um, and they just kind of threw it together, like, hey, we can have, we can have two things going at once, and we'll, we'll find a way to schedule, and uh, that's not how it works. And I feel like they should know at this point in time that that is not how it works. And it's not, right. um, it doesn't, it doesn't work well. Uh, I mean, credit to them for, for finding a way to do it rather than like just canceling or delaying a game, which is, I think what we would have seen, um, in years past, but sure. yeah, it's just a whole, I mean, well, the person I, I think the, about the, the idea of the tournament, I think, is great. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Pride Razor is like doing a lot. You know, I mean, th- th- there's yeah. like a lot of money being raised for like specifically uh, trans black youth, um, and like, you know, there's a there are good. It is it is a good tournament. I just wish yeah. that the league cared more about it and like, you know, right. And highlight it more, right? Put it in yeah. situations where like more yeah. people can see it because. In the past two years, it was literally the only soccer that we were exposed to around this time. And like so many people yeah. watched it and so many people were like, oh, yeah. And I remember when, you know, Twitter accounts, parody Twitter accounts for the playground, Twitter parody accounts for food trucks were created. <laughs> right. And it just made it like a really fun atmosphere. Right. And like every year I look forward to watching this cup. And then this is the one year where like. I get we're going back to normalcy in a sense. Right. But the schedule was not thought out properly, specifically giving teams rest, but also yeah. giving giving teams uh, the opportunity to to 
fill their stadiums, right? I mean, who wants extra? Who does that want extra revenue, right? Specifically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a big, um, you know, bone of contention. You know, why Earl Rain and, and support are as mad as they are is that like you you took away gate attendance, you took away those gate numbers, yeah. all that that extra revenue that the team could be making and using, and you know, also. Like again, this is the first year that they're playing back in Seattle after a few year hiatus. And like, what better way to generate energy and you know a hype than hosting a semifinal? Like, mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's it's it, yeah. That's the only <laughs> comment I was gonna make is that has to be so personally frustrating that you're in the location where it was supposed to have been taking place, and yet it's across the country. That's <laughs> that, and that like, sucks. I mean, that that's another thing that was cited as a reason to keep this tournament going. Like, let's get uh, some people in seats. Let's let's make some money right. after these two crazy years and and everything that's gone on uh, non covid related with the league in the last few years. That was kind of like the big, hey, let's you know, let's turn this into into something that people want to be a part of. And, uh, you know, they they do have the final on CBS today. Uh, regular broadcast TV, and they have actually been advertising a little bit. Appreciate you, Bridget. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so one game, you get one game on TV. Turn That's on right. Channel Four, Eric. You're good. Um, but but it's just you know they come up with all these ideas, and then they find a way to turn to like walk in a circle and and stab themselves in the back. Yeah, and, uh, I just and kinda, don't get it. It's just I, yeah. Yeah. And for being and for being an oil rain, uh, for people who are oil rain fans, what's the point of getting the number one seed if you can't play at home? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's the point of that? Like, what? I mean, if that's the case, then just like, you know, what are, don't even what try, are you getting right? out of this? Yeah. Right. Beating the thorns. So that's. I mean, that's. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. But it was the thorns that you know. But another opportunity to do yeah. that is is always good. Yeah. But. Well, it, was, uh, it wasn't full strength thorn, so let's just talk about it. I mean, let's let's be fair then. It wasn't really a full strength uh, OL rain. I mean, Rapino only played 10 minutes, I think, right? She came in like the last 10, 15 minutes, I think, right? Yeah, but she didn't play at all during the rest of the tournament. Rose mm-hmm. LaBelle didn't really play a whole lot during the tournament. Um, well, you know, I mean, I mean they're trying. Everybody's, it's, it is, you know, it still is a preseason tournament. So right. Teams figuring things out. Right. I think it's also different for U.S. women national team players. They have sure. more stake in different things, right? I mean, playing in this league is something that they do, but they also have stake in different things. And I think, I think it's what makes this difficult um, for 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 teams is that when you have a Megan Rapinoe, when you have a Rose Lavelle, when you have all you know all these players who are well known. U.S. Women National Team that, that you know technically kind of like bring in more more people to come watch because they want to watch them. It's like mm-hmm. you have to play this balancing act. It's like you want to keep them healthy, but you also have this level of like if you overplay them too much or you do too much, you know you 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 can damage whatever else they're doing outside of it. It's just, it's tricky. It's like the MLS doesn't really have that except for like you know uh, you know like uh, perhaps George Morris, right? Or perhaps you know like uh, international players like Ruiz Diaz or like Nico or different players who who play uh, on different teams, right? In national teams, like, but that doesn't directly affect the 
you right. know the, the U.S. at that time. I think that's what makes it a little bit more right. difficult. But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like, it's like they they haven't been able to fulfill. But this tournament is like one of the reasons that like, yeah, right. I, I'll ask Nubia, but I think this tournament, the NWL Challenge Cup, is the reason we got Paramount Plus <laughs> when it sure. when it was when it first came right. out. Like as an option, it was like the NWL is gonna be okay. Yeah. Like, oh crap! It's like yeah. gotta watch soccer. Can't well, do that. That's another thing too. Is these teams, the Spirit and the Rain played three days before this this semifinal. Like they played in DC. So I mean, you know, played and then not. This isn't an excuse or anything. But then, oh, Rain just stayed in the hotel because, like, what yeah. you're gonna fly back and then fly, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a real and cluster. There, I mean, there have been what three ACL injuries. In NWSL in, yeah. in the space of like three weeks, yeah, uh, leading up to this final. So yeah, uh, I mean that's yeah. why it was so chippy too, because they've been playing each other for like just three days ago. Yeah, right. like, you know, which was perfect <laughs> right. for the They're game. They're spending right? a lot of time man, together. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. I mean, was... Going back to last season, they played in the in the uh, semifinals here um, in that in that playoffs, and I mean these two teams. Have I mean I don't know I'm I'm still new to following the league so but it does seem like to me anyway the rivalry isn't so much with the thorns it's with the spirit I mean I you know I have friends that are supporters of both and I I, w- I wish everybody good enjoyment but wow you know. that's 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 really like pacifist of you i really all right all right like, well yeah. on that note let's take a break <laughs> i gotta go blow my nose like 10 times here and then we'll we'll do some international stuff Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. And welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show, which is uh, literally just Eric updating us <laughs> on European soccer that me and Bridget don't really care too much about. As, or as, or as Eric puts it, we have day jobs. So there we go. You do have day jobs. <laughs> um, well, Rob, Rob can chime in here as well because let's, let's start with Tuesday because we did we had uh, Villarreal hosting Liverpool. Um, they came in with the, the two-goal lead. And, I mean, Rob, you, you can correct me, but, I mean, it's, it's basically a tale of two halves in this match, right? Like, Villarreal come out, come out strong. Um, super early goal, like the whistle blows and Dia scores right away. You're like, oh, okie doke, here we go. Yellow submarine on fire. They get another one right before half. So at this point, it's it's 2-0 Villarreal, which makes it super interesting, 2-2 aggregate. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you said it. Yeah, like it, it I, Bridget, I'm sure, was a little, maybe a little nervous. Uh, some other Liverpool friends, you know, like now in the in, when it's all said and done, it's like oh yeah, we you know it was never really that worried. They they ended up you know scoring three in the second half and kind of putting it to bed. Yes. Um, Two goals in five minutes. They just kind of exploded right. in the 60th minute. That's <laughs> which they're always going to do. That's Liverpool, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's how it goes. You can't get too concerned at like before halftime. But yeah, watching the uh, just having score 
updates pop up on my phone. I glance over, I'm like, one oh, okay. And then I thought, wait a second. And I look again, like that's the one is on the wrong side of the hyphen here. <laughs> and then there was another one. <laughs> yep. It yeah. just, yeah, it was, it was a little bit stressful. Uh, and then later I, you know, I put my phone away so I didn't have to watch that keep happening and pull it up again. And I was like, Oh, okay. This, that works out. No big deal. I mean, good yeah, on Villarreal. This is a hell of a run by them. I mean, really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They kept Absolutely. it interesting for sure. Yeah. And um, made it a fun one to watch. So somebody was saying, I don't remember if it was uh, Men in Blazers or a different one, but they were, they were talking about, because Villarreal is tiny. Like, I forget how yeah. small of a, a city or even a town that it is. But they said you could fit almost the entire town of Villarreal in Anfield, like in the stadium, which is incredible to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were saying the same thing when they beat uh, – was it Bayern that uh, they took down? Also? Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just world beaters. I mean, couldn't quite yep. get it done, but really a, a good run. A good run, and I'm, I'm super happy for Emery, too, who just kind of got, like, kind of a bad bad vibe, bad rap in the EPL, and people were, you know, just talking smack and just not really giving him the respect that I think he clearly deserves to go and, yeah. and pick up this team and take him to the semifinal. I mean, he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. Um, but Klopp is a better coach. We love Jurgen Klopp on this show. He's just – what a great guy. He's such a great guy. So Liverpool is back in the final. 5-2 is your aggregate score. Um, and now we'll go to the really fun one <laughs> that Rob, Rob was talking about before we came back here. Um, this, is, this is Real Madrid hosting Man City. And you talked about missing it, Rob. I, I didn't really forget, but for whatever reason, I got into just a really good practice mode. I was just celloing and... You know, you get in the zone and one song becomes six songs. <laughs> and I looked down, I'm like, oh, it's 2.15 or 2.30 or whatever it was. And, and I missed the entire first half. So, so I got in and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's still, um, I think it was nil-nil. Yeah, it was nil-nil at halftime. So I was like, okay, I mean, I didn't miss too much. I saw a couple of the, of the uh, highlights. Courtois looked really busy, had some really big saves. Uh, Foden does what he does and was kind of tearing up the wing, but again, couldn't get anything done. So I'm like, eh, it's going to be a pretty boring game. I'm just going to assume that Manchester City is going to score and that'll be it. And that's like exactly what happens in the 72nd minute. Mares, beautiful goal off the left foot. Um, going to want to just come on and like immediately makes the assist. Like it, it was a, it was a cool thing. And, and, and then the narrative completely happens, right? Like, I cannot remember this kind of a comeback in definitely in Champions League history and maybe in world football in a very long time to, to basically be out of it at this point. And Man City kept keeps going too. They missed like two or three more opportunities to just put this thing to bed. Uh, so so good on Courtois for playing out of his mind and the Real Madrid defense. But I mean, here we go, 89th minute. The goal is, or the, rather, the, the, the game is essentially over. <laughs> Man City and myself included are just assuming that it's going to be an EPL final. Again, here we go. Um, the Rodrigo con Ypsilon, the other Rodrigo with the Y. Uh, Benzema comes tearing down, uh, gets this great volley, and then he just one-times it. And all of a sudden, uh, they score, makes the aggregate 4-5 at this point. It's like, okay, but, but now it's a question of time. 
Like they're, they're literally running out of time. We're into stoppage time. And he does it again. And the 91st, like two minutes later, it was absolutely incredible off of a Carvajal cross to, to make the, make the uh, score two to one, five, five aggregate. And I'm not a fan of either of these teams, but I was losing my shit. <laughs> just because It was so incredible to watch this comeback. Unbelievable. This is, what, like, this is what it's like when you play FIFA and like amateur for one half, and then you switch it to semi-pro the second half. That's Unbelievable. what it's like. Yeah. Also, it was... also Eric, yes. if you don't remember the Barca versus PSG Champions League match where Barca had to score four goals. I do remember me. that. I do that's remember the that. Other one, so. How long ago was that? I mean, that was long uh, ago, but Nubi yeah, yelled, no at, me. yelled at me. You better tell about Barca versus PSG. And I'm like, all right. You, you tell Nubia she has my permission to smack you across the head for that imitation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's not here. That's why. Oh, that's why. that's why. That's why. Oh, um, I've, I've, you know. Yeah, he he would not have done that if she was in the room behind him, like <laughs> she usually. Is. I might have done that if I had like half a bottle of whiskey that I did a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have done that, but not not now. So off to extra time we go, and shortly thereafter, ninety fifth minute, uh, there is a yeah, it, it's a pretty clear PK, I guess. It's not the hardest, like penalty but they give it to him Benzema scores and that's it basically there there's there's one opportunity though towards the very end with I put Fernandinho in here but Courtois once again stands on his head but does like the Superman save amazing rally amazing come from behind victory with a with a three to one win a six to five aggregate Real Madrid win this thing so it's going to be Real Madrid and Liverpool in your Champions League final and right I was like shaking. I was so like, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. And, and then I had to go pick up the kids and I'm like, can I even drive right now? I'm not sure I should be driving. It's going to be <laughs> Real versus Liverpool part two, semicolon Salah's revenge. Oh. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Sounds like a good Reddit post. There's no, no, no Ramos to fuck him up this time. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Anti-Ramos is born. I remember watching that in, yeah. I can't remember which bar we were in, but yeah. Uh, it's going to be so a then, wild one. What, so so then, here's the interesting thing for you, Eric. Yeah. You brought this up a couple of podcast episodes about. Currently, the most UEFA Champions League goals calls for one club, excluding mm. qualifying. Lionel Messi has 120. Ronaldo has 105. And we had talked that Robert Lewandowski was sitting at 69. Yep. So now Benzema is at 74. Yep. He's catching up. Oh, you passed him already. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just hope that Thomas Mueller, like, seriously, like, never retires. And, like, you know, he can score more goals as he gets older. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's just <laughs> me. When is the uh, date on the final? I didn't, I didn't get that one in here. Like, in a week or two? It's, they usually get at least a week off. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Okay. That'll be a fun one. We might have to have see if we can figure out a... Uh, an outdoor venue somewhere, which would be kind of cool. Maybe we can get together and have a Minnesota football yeah. show shindig, as it were. Um, it all is, right. Uh, oh, please. Was not, as, not as exciting of a comeback, but in the Europa League, um, the R- Rangers pulled uh, pulled the comeback on uh, Leipzig. Uh, I heard about that. And w- ended up winning 3-1, uh, 3-2 on aggregate. And... Uh, uh, avoided a all German Europa League final because Eintracht Frankfurt held on against uh, West Ham. So mm-hmm. 
that's exciting. And, and uh, Rangers haven't, you know, the Ibrox was just absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. Had that match on. Was it, wasn't that, wasn't uh, Christian Ramirez berated for watching a Rangers game or like, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a while like, ago. A, yeah. that, was, that was a few, that was like in the last round, he like tweeted support. For the Rangers and absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Americans making Americans mistakes. <laughs> I'm just a tourist. I'm gonna choose to cheer for the team that's doing best. And I'm like, oh, oh what no. was the date again, Bridget? Of the uh, Champions the 28th. League? So that's Memorial Day weekend, three weeks. Is from it, like I never understand why finals are only one game. Like everything's been like away in aggregate. It's like why yeah. why stop now? <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's partly because then they can go to a neutral venue and sell yeah. a shit ton of tickets that's, that's exactly what it Probably. is yes. you're right yeah. i don't think yeah, about yeah. money i just think about it. like well, just give us two games you know that's what we want to see give give it that but then uh isn't it 29th also the start of the championship premiership type of games in epl right like we're trying to figure out what the, i think it's the first league or is it the final to see who makes it into the epl so oh you're talking about the promotion yeah, the thing. promotion relegation whole thing. Mm-hmm. So let's jump to uh, Libertadores really quick. Um, Palmeiras are undefeated and are through. They're the first team to to make to the knockout round, which is no surprise. Defending champions. Um, also in this first round, the Estudiantes are doing really well. They have all wins and a tie, so that gets them through as well. The strongest. We, we love our Bolivian teams on, on this program, Rodrigo. So the strongest had an enormous win, 5-0 over Atletico Paranaense, who are also, uh, they're also struggling in the uh, Brazilian league in Brazil too. They're not doing so great. But 5-0 to walk away? That's uh, a beatdown. So good on them. Um, I'm just going to zoom through a little bit. Let's zoom in on, on the uh, group that we really like to pay attention to. Here's group E. Uh, Boca showed up in Bolivia to always ready. They, they beat them one nil, but always ready played very well with a lot of heart. They held them nil nil in the first half and then they got that. Yeah, And then they got a red card. They got a red card. That happened too. Um, Kali and Corinthians tied nil nil. So once again, the group E standing is, is still wide open with two more matches to go here. Corinthians at seven, Boca at six, Deportivo Cali at five and always ready at four. So, I mean, always ready just needs like a win and a tie and they can still go through this thing. So we'll see what happens. Um, what else? Do I want to say? Oh, let's, let's talk a little bit. I'll, I'll tie this in with the this week in racism here too. So Fortaleza hosted river plate. Um, they tie one, one, but that's not the story. I, I I'm not exactly sure what happened. I don't remember this replay, but there, there was some kind of a, of a racist incident with, fans from river now i know we just did the whole thing with the boca fans and them getting kicked out of the the corinthians match and stuff and now it's river so i'm not trying to make a blanket statement that it's all hashtag not all argentine supporters uh but having said that it's now like a couple weeks in a row with these two buenos aires teams traveling to brazil and and doing stupid racist stuff um but you can see if, if you uh, co-hosts, and I, I put this up on the Instagram, this amazing, amazing TIFO and banner that the Fortaleza crew put up um, in response to it in the uh, Arena Castellón, where they say, in English, actually, stop racism, and then uh, Juntos na Luta, right below it. Um, so pretty cool that kind of a response to just, like, blast it through all the football media. Um, 
where else we want to go here um, um i want to go, go i want to go deep and dark into this always ready versus book of juniors game <laughs> okay please <laughs> because um as everything is as we know book of juniors uh is a well-known club but now they have accusations of actually giving gifts to the referees prior to their match against Ooh. so there's video that's been Oops. released and because they were gifting <laughs> because they were gifting the referees now they're accusing the main referee who happens to be um kevin ortega who's peruvian um it just thickens right i mean like that's why you love it like it's like yeah so like yeah so boca juniors Nice blue, nice Boca Junior bags, gift cards that the police had to actually raid before the game and take away. Um, you know, I don't, I just, just, just give it up. I mean, like Boca Juniors was at the bottom at the beginning of this whole thing, like last week, right? They're at the bottom and yep. now they're in second place. It's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Always ready. We're ready. But Boca Juniors found a way. Let's, let's get it back. I mean, there, there's still, there's still time. Like, as things start to tighten up for the knockout, like this, this group is probably going to go to the bitter end. So it's going to be really fun to watch and see what happens there. Um, there's a, there's some really awesome um, state estado uh, classicos happening this week in Brasileiro. So you've got Atlético Minas Gerais versus América Minas Gerais. They're both in Belo Horizonte. Flamengo Botafogo is a classic one in Rio. Uh, Juventude Internacional is all uh, Porto Alegre. And then the one, of course, that I'm super into is the uh, Goiânia battle here. Atlético Goiás versus Goiás. And this is both of these teams suck. <laughs> the, yes, that is my team, of course. They're both in relegation. Um, but again, there were only like three or four matches in, so there's still plenty of time. But if ever there was an opportunity for Goiás Sports Club to get some points and like make a statement, take it to that crosstown rival. Um, I'm really excited for this match tomorrow. I'm, I'm hoping they can they can pull it off and and get out of the red because uh, it would just it would suck to stay in it <laughs> to the other guys that also are in the red that you know are within a few miles for you. <laughs> Uh, so that'll be a fun one. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Goyaz Derby tomorrow. Um, I think that's all I got, unless you guys want to wrap it up with something else. No, I just wanted to say that the player's name that we referred to earlier, the Chilean, um, half Chilean, half uh, Argent- an Argentinian, uh, English, is Ben Ben Bereton Diaz. So, okay. um, oh, yeah. Uh, that's his name. Um, I don't think he speaks Spanish, and that's just the funniest thing. Really? Um, yeah, I don't think he's like. I think like he's you know more English than he is Chilean, but that's fine. I mean, find your way. Peru's done the same thing, right? We found Brazilian players that we nationalized just to be able to have them on our national team. It's just the Comebol way. Yeah, there's no scruples though. <laughs> Especially as long as Bolsonaro's around. Like, sure, I'm Peruvian, of course. I've always been Peruvian. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I found out I'm like three generations removed being Bolivian. When I go play with Bolivian national team instead of the Brazilian national team. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. Something I forgot to mention was did you see um oh good lord. Now I can't think of names. Uh US men's national team coach is bashing Mexico for Signing all uh, of these dual national players. Oh yeah, that's uh, a great. Says the man who Ver, is signing. Verhalter? Who's calling? Yes, thank you. Says uh-huh. the man who is calling up dual national players. 
That's right. funny. I just, yeah, I, I saw that story lose. the other day. <laughs> well, how, how come they get to sign all these guys who are dual nationals? I mean, you you didn't want to take the guys who were dual, and they went for the other guy. So, well, I mean, because because Mexico works. is is through a drought right now, talent wise. Yeah. Right? yeah, I mean, yeah. So they'll they'll sign and they'll sign t- talented players, youth players <laughs> that the U.S. doesn't sit the saying. You are now. You are now. You know color. someone who's a Mexican citizen? Cool. Right. I can <laughs> play for us. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, let's, let's wrap it up there. Um, thank you, Rob, for joining us. Yes, nice thank you, Rob. Good to see you, man. Get your uh, get your opinions. Yes, yes. I'm I'm looking um, forward to to you somehow creating um, um, oil rain kits to put on your chickens so they can be <laughs> so running going around. Back to your you can just make that a whole like Twitter <laughs> fiasco thing. That'd be perfect. Uh, my wife does a lot of of, of mending and sewing and uh, clothes altering and making so yeah we'll see we'll see what we can do <laughs> looking forward uh, to Br- it bridget and rigo thank you as always and if you want to be a patron like senor roberto there you can go to patreon what was the name that we came up for, for, for uh, robert peterson roberto peterson roberto <laughs> the the legendary center back of the okay. seleção brasileira swedish <laughs> brazilian yes <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, it is patreon.com backslash MN football show. And uh, yeah, I need to go. I don't know. It's going to be probably some Dayquil, Sudafed, a little Flonase. I'm going to have a whole cocktail <laughs> going on. That's right. <laughs> when, 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 when Eric arrives to the stadium, they're going to pull him over and be like, what are you trying to <laughs> What are you trying to do? Gonna, Distribute gonna around fail. the stadium? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fail whatever breathalyzer they give me. I'm like, I'm sober. I swear. <laughs> Uh, it's bad. Oh my god, it's bad. All right, thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you. Ciao. Bye.